0: When I was younger, I think my first albums I fell in love with were The Beatles when I was a little kid with a record player in a box. (laughs) Then it was the 70s, so I started to like the disco. I distinctly remember some Bee Gees albums, (laughs) (laughs) and that led into liking bands like Cool and the Gang and The Gap Band and led into rap music run dmc that sort of stuff and um then uh i discovered jazz music probably around ninth grade really i started to get into it and we had a very good jazz band at my high school and so some of the older kids influenced me a lot and uh, got me into got me into jazz and then i kind of got hooked from there. So that was, yeah, mostly jazz growing up. I kind of bypassed rock music and, and got into that a little bit later in life, which is different than most of my friends.
1: This is Musicians Can Thrive, a podcast community for anyone seeking to make money in the music industry. Musicians, audio engineers, managers, producers, booking agents. Everyone across all niches, welcome. My name is Gabrielle. I'm a singer-songwriter. These stories are for you. I hope they'll help you find new ways to thrive as a musician. Dan Fox is a jazz musician who worked to find a way to bring more of what he loved most, playing with other talented musicians into teaching music, Inspired by a professor at Berkeley College of Music, Dan created Morningside Music Studio, a place for young and old musicians to build their skill set and join ensembles where they could just jam and enjoy playing music without having to focus on starting a band in the first place. I'm wondering if you could tell me basically just what got you into being a musician. You mentioned that high school jazz band was that what sparks the desire or was there
0: something before or something well, entirely my, different? Older, my older sister is a musician as well and she was three years older than me and when she graduated from high school she decided to be a music major and went to uh northwestern so then i realized well oh it's it's okay to do that <laughs> She kind of paved the way for me. And I said, well, if she's going to be a music major, then I guess I am, too. Because that was what what really interested me. I didn't get that spark from other subjects in school. So I became a music major myself. I went to Northridge in L.A. for one year and then to Berklee College of Music after that. So I'd say my sister definitely influenced me a lot and kind of made it okay to uh, pursue that.
1: So I'm just getting acquainted with a kind of career path example for more classical musicians or jazz musicians. And when you went to school, was it still for jazz music?
0: Yes, pretty much. I was a performance major on trombone and just really digging into the jazz music. Uh, So
1: what does it look like to build a career as a jazz musician?
0: When you're young and and naive and idealistic and it's uh, you don't really think too much about Way down in the future. Well, I didn't anyway. You know, it seemed, mm-hmm. I was having a lot of fun in school. It was inexpensive. I was, I had a scholarship. My living expenses were super cheap. Um, so after college, I immediately had tons of gigs. I mean, none of them paid a lot, but my rent was two fifty a month. And there were no cell phone bills, no cable bills, and so that was a time when it was easier for someone to say, "Hey, I'm a I'm a full time musician," mm-hmm. and you know, so I was doing it right away, which was uh, which was a great feeling. But the reality of it is, you know, maybe you don't want to live forever with. Three or four roommates, going <laughs> yeah. to get married and try to have a family, and you know, do some other things. So that reality eventually, eventually hit me, you know. And for even for a while, I didn't even teach at all. I was just just playing gigs, and I was a lot of people were envious of me. But you know, gradually started started teaching, and then I realized I actually liked teaching. Um, certain students. (laughs) Um, and then I also realized that you have to diversify and be flexible and be willing to do all kinds of things, you know, to, to keep doing music. You know, some people would choose not to play in a wedding band or do some sort of silly gigs and would rather just know, be a mailman and then I'll just play jazz, <laughs> do play the music I like, which is, that's perfectly valid. I just wanted to keep playing music, so I just kept doing whatever I had to do to survive. Um, yeah, so that's pretty much how it started. But I mean, as far as just making a living as a jazz musician, playing jazz, performing jazz... I'd say that's pretty tough. I mean, unless you're Winton Marsalis, uh, people at that level um, with that notoriety, it's in this day and age the way things, how expensive things are. You know, even a lot of great jazz musicians, they're looking for jobs, teaching at universities. They're looking for Opportunities to give clinics, teach at jazz camps, play recording sessions for other people. Yeah, so I don't, I don't know too many jazz musicians who just perform. I know, of of course, they're they're out there, but um, you know, especially if say you want to live in New York City, (laughs) you're going to have to make some serious money.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's definitely something. I've noticed a lot of the musicians who are, quote, making it, whatever that means to you, you know, it could just be as simple as, okay, you can pay all your bills. Some of it might be for music. Some of it might not be, but you're playing music as often as you want, and you're happy with your life as a musician. Those people tend to have several different streams of
0: income. Exactly. I was fortunate enough to perform with Sheila Jordan in Europe last summer and she was telling me she she had a day job as a secretary for many years until she was in her 60s <laughs> before before she could just play gigs all the time and tour. She says just keep just keep doing what you have to do in order to support the playing the music you love and and keeping that going, so whatever that means, you know, if you have to get a day job to do that, it doesn't mean you uh, have to lose your passion for music, and it doesn't mean that you're if you want to be a full time musician, you're just because you have a day job doesn't mean you're necessarily locked into that for life you could strive towards being a full-time musician and you know her point is don't give up on your dream
1: yeah um, so it's that's definitely something
0: yeah she's very inspiring
1: sounds like an incredible lady
0: yeah she's she's 90 and she's still oh my gosh. touring all over and packing theaters and she sounds great
1: Wow. Well I'm not very familiar with her music, so now I really need to go look her up.
0: Yeah. Look her up.
1: What an incredible story. This has become a recurring theme in Musicians Can Thrive. Having a day job to support and enable your music does not make you less of a musician. If you enjoy what you're doing in your day-to-day life and you get to make music a priority, Who says you're not already succeeding? If you're going to follow Sheila Jordan's example and work hard to make sure you don't let go of your dream, then you might find that you put a higher priority on finding ways to minimize your expenses so you can put more money into your music. When you got into teaching, was that something that just kind of fell into your lap or did someone guide you in that direction? I'm kind of trying to understand, you know, we have all these different ways to make money, so how do we start finding our way towards one or
0: the other so there are different kinds of teaching you can do. I was inspired by one of my teachers at Berkeley, Hal Crook, who I took an ensemble with and he there he was playing his instrument with some very good rhythm section players and you could tell he was just doing what he loved. You know, he was playing jazz. So then, like, okay, well, this is... This is a way for a jazz musician to teach and still play jazz at a high level. So that was inspiring. So I knew I wanted to do that at some point. But the reality is, coming out of college, you're going to take whatever teaching job you can get. So like most of my friends, I started teaching kids after school from one of the Uh, music departments in town here at one of the schools. So I did that for a while Um, and it wasn't the kind of teaching I really wanted to do. I still had my sights set on being able to play jazz and not necessarily teach beginner musicians. The teachers who are really good at teaching beginners that's an incredible art i really tip my hat to those people because it's it's a tough job <laughs> and if you're really going to going to be good at that you have to like it and i guess i that i guess i didn't didn't like that <laughs> kind of teaching as much as some so i did it for a while and i was just waiting for the time when somehow i could I could evolve into teaching groups of, of more serious musicians' ensembles. And that time finally came when I moved with my family to the town we're in now, Arlington. And we bought a house that had some space in it. And we have, so we had a music room. And I started to advertise, hey, I'm teaching ensembles here. And some people started to respond. I originally thought it was going to be for teenagers, but it turned out that teenagers were mostly too busy. <laughs> but there were a lot of adults who played instruments who were looking for looking for an outlet, a place to to play with other people. So it started out of my house with one ensemble. And over the course of the past 12 years, it's just been building slowly. One ensemble, two ensembles. It started to get too many people coming through my house. So I got a rehearsal space and built it up. Started hiring some other people to teach for me. And now we've reached at one point last semester, we had 25 ensembles that meet every week, different styles. Uh, We've added in some rock ensembles and blues and Latin jazz, R&B. That's all along with the, the jazz combos as well. So the school has grown a lot and I'm continuing to, to work on it. But it's been an incredible journey because through meeting all these people, these amazing adult students I have that have all different kinds of professions, um, they've helped me a lot just in, in everyday life with, uh, for example, I, I trade lessons for one guy who, who's a contractor and he's helping on my house. So it's incredible the people you meet, but then I've also taken it. I've wanted to, to travel to, to different musical destinations I love New Orleans and I started to organize trips where these adult students would, would come with me and we would go, we've gone to New Orleans and Cuba and um, done workshops in Italy. So we go to these destinations and we take lessons and we see the sites and it's, so it's because that's Morningside Music Tours, and that's become an extension of my music school.
1: So is that why you're about to go to, um, was it Honduras? Is that what you uh, said?
0: I'm going to Brazil.
1: Brazil, there we go.
0: And, and yes, I'm going, going to Rio. I'm going to meet with some people who run music schools there, and I'm going to try to set up a tour for next summer. So if anyone out there wants to join us and study music in Brazil, Come along, check out morningsidemusictours.com, and uh, anyone can come.
1: It sounds like what started as just a teaching job grew into this beautiful community of musicians.
0: That is one of the greatest things about it that I did not predict, but it has really become a community. Of, of musicians and people are really looking to be part of a community it turns out and mm-hmm. so this is a perfect example of that people come together we d- we have jam sessions we have some social gatherings and and people meet each other and and then they go off and they do their own projects outside of my music school which is great which I'm really Trying to train people to be able to do that, and so there's a lot of that happening. People are meeting each other, and so it's great to see. It just feels very rewarding when 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 that happens.
1: I'm sure it does. I can only think if my younger self had had a relatively easier way to find musicians who were looking to play in a group. I would have played with so many more musicians so much more often.
0: Yeah. And people are looking for a a situation where they can, a pre-existing ensemble where they can just show up and see if it works for them. Oftentimes people will respond to all the ads you see on Craigslist, (laughs) you know, looking, you know, people looking to get together and jam and, you know, it can be really hard to find like-minded people, um, to get together with and, and, you know, trying to put together, um, a rehearsal or a jam session on your own. If you're not used to that, don't know musicians, maybe you don't have space to do that. It can be really daunting and then you know, potentially discouraging. So try to provide this service where there's a it's a place to come and meet people and jam. You don't have to worry about organizing it. You just show up. And uh, some people have been doing it for many years now. They really look forward to it. It's a weekly thing. And, and then we get, get to perform out. We play in local venues. And then people will say, hey, can you guys want to play at our company party or this fundraiser? And so we just start doing all kinds of things getting out there in the community, and and yeah, it's been been a a journey.
1: (laughs) It definitely sounds like it. When Dan started Morningside Music Studios, it began as a means to support himself, teaching other musicians. The magic in this is it turned into a community of musicians who are able to join these pre-existing ensembles so they could practice together and perform together without getting stuck or blocked by having to seek out band members themselves. That community yields opportunities to play together that makes them better musicians, and in many cases, performing around their local area brings them opportunities to make money from their music. By supporting other musicians and lifting them up as they make space to bring more music into their lives, Dan provides them with a path to start building their career in the music world. recruit other musicians to be leaders of an ensemble or teachers. Could you tell me more about that?
0: Yeah, well, you know, there's so many great musicians in the Boston area. Many of them are my friends, fellow jazz musicians. And, you know, a lot of them teach at Berkeley, but not... Not enough jobs for everybody to teach there, so there's plenty of teachers that are looking for work. Many of them teach already, say a couple days after school. Teach little kids, but they're they're looking for the kind of teaching that that I provide, where you could actually lead an ensemble playing playing jazz, and uh, so people enjoy teaching for me so it's been uh, it's been great i've been able to assemble a, an amazing faculty and other outside people come and fill in once in a while and they enjoy it so yeah it's a thing a lot of a lot of musicians appreciate the, the chance to be able to teach an ensemble maybe they don't get to do that in their normal teaching schedule they have yeah. mm.
1: I can imagine it ends up being a way to be a teacher and make money from music but also feel a little bit more like they're getting that performance opportunity to just enjoy jazz and the music that they're playing with other people
0: yeah I mean as a jazz musician you need to be playing with other jazz musicians all the time Mm -hmm. Um, because that's really what it's all about is, I mean, there's practicing, you have to do that on your own. But if you're not used to playing with other musicians and working on putting together music, then it's, it can feel foreign to you and you could get nervous when it comes time to do that occasional gig. So musicians, jazz musicians, part of their practice is playing with other musicians. Mm. Um, so it's just a good way to just keep playing and uh, working on your craft.
1: Well, what a lucky community to have Morningside Studios right there.
0: <laughs> I feel pretty lucky to, uh, to have stumbled across this career for myself and that people support it and enjoy it. And then I also the other thing I did was I noticed that in this town there there was no jazz festival. So I thought, hey, why don't we have a jazz festival? <laughs> so mm-hmm. I started I started the Arlington Jazz Festival. Also oh, wow. we've had eight years of that. And I've made that a nonprofit organization. And all my students have been very supportive of that. You know, we, they, we've raised funds to put on some amazing concerts. Now we have year-round concert series and workshops and, and then a larger festival every April. So that, that was another thing that kind of sprung out of the whole thing.
1: It's really interesting to see how different things sort of inevitably grow out of something that you might not have expected to be doing one
0: day. Yeah.
1: We've made it about halfway through the show, and we're going to have a quick pause. Ads are irritating distractions, so they'll never be a part of the Musicians Can Thrive podcast. There are three things you can do that would be super helpful, though. Whatever platform you're listening to this podcast on, subscribe. Share this episode with someone you think would enjoy it. Text it to them, email it, or post it on social media. Lastly, if you're feeling extra generous, leave a quick review on your favorite podcast platform. All you have to do is just put those stars. Don't have to add anything else unless you are feeling like you have something else to add. I appreciate your support. Back to the show. Was there ever a time where you considered not being a musician?
0: That's a good question. There were times when I started to get a little panicky and wondering if I needed to do something else to get more income. Uh, because yeah, I'd started these ensembles, but it was growing slowly. But then this is a time when I'm starting a family, and I had a couple kids now, little kids. Mm. We've got daycare, we've got expenses. My wife's a musician, also. She is a professor at Berkeley. Oh wow! Which is a great, which is a great teaching job, but still, you know, you're talking about a mortgage and <laughs> all the yeah. bills that go along with, you know, trying to have a family. So there was a point where I was wondering, you know, do I need to get my real estate license or something like that? Like, what could I do? And then, uh, you know, and uh, I just I just couldn't get myself to pull the trigger on <laughs> going for a different career. I was just I just toughed it out. It's worked out OK. So. I was lucky enough to. to to make it through that those tight, really tight ears, and uh, come out on my feet. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Did you have the school running in the midst of that, or was it just getting started?
0: Well, I mean, it was going, but it was it was slow going. I mean, so I had at one point, at around that time, I probably had maybe five to 10 ensembles that met every week. So it was a lot better from when I originally started it. But, you know, still to try to say, that's your job, you know, and it was at, that was at a time when gigs started to thin out a little bit. The gig, gig scene. I mean, back in the nineties, it was, things were cranking pretty well. The economy was doing great. You know, it, there was a little hitch there when it came to the, the Y2K scare, <laughs> year 2000. That kind of uh, disrupted the, the gig, the amount of gigs somehow around that time a little bit. And then the recession hit even fewer gigs. So it it was that kind of at that time when the amount of work as a musician was going down and I had to like make a decision there. What am I going to do? Am I going to try to tough it out? And so I did and and it worked out luckily.
1: Mm. I've started to notice pattern of sorts among the musicians that i've talked with and it seems like before things start to kind of settle into something that is consistent and sustainable there is that inevitable rough patch where you have to decide okay am i going to stick with this or am i going to decide to do something different
0: yeah And the rough patch can go on for years <laughs> sometimes you know <laughs>
1: Yeah. Was there anything particular that helped you get through that, that maybe another musician might be able to learn from possibly?
0: Well, I'd say you have to maybe just if you want to really keep doing music and you're, you're determined not to have to do some other job you don't want to do. You have to be willing to make sacrifices. Maybe, you know, you don't have cable TV. (laughs) Maybe you, you, you have an older cell phone, (laughs) you know, you gotta, you gotta tighten the belt a little bit. You know, maybe you're gonna not go out for dinner so much, you know, maybe you have to, um, take on some more, more teaching, um, and I, I just think diversifying, trying to be flexible—that that's that's your best bet if you want to stay in the music industry. I mean, some people are, just want to do exactly their their thing. Say you're a singer songwriter, you want to focus on that—that's totally understandable, but if you want to be a freelance musician, well, you should probably be able to play (laughs) different styles, right? Mm -hmm. If you know, okay, well, are you a rock musician? Well, okay, that's fine. But maybe now you're limited there's a funk band that wants a guitar player, or a country band. Can you can you jump in and cut it? So, if you're gonna stay in music, and um, what worked for me is just to be versatile and be, try to do as many things as possible. I play classical music, I play jazz, I played salsa. I, I picked up the bass. Now I'm now I. Play gigs on bass, upright, and electric. Yeah, I play drums. I play piano with my with some of my ensembles and, and students. So I've I've played guitar and sung children's songs, <laughs> sing along type stuff. That's uh, you know maybe some people can't stomach that and are not going to do it. And that's you know I. I happen to like kids, you know, and, and Hey, it's, it's forcing me to learn how to play guitar and to work on my singing. So, um, I look at it as a challenge to do all these different things. And diversifying has been, and being flexible and, um, and being able to do different things has helped me supplement my income so i'm not just relying on my teaching i i'm i'm performing different styles if you can play other instruments well then that helps your teaching also you can teach other instruments then so keeping an open mind and trying different things i never got into the the side of music the whole production Recording side, I mean, I've, I've done plenty of studio sessions as a musician, but not as an engineer. Some people will go that route, music technology, as a way to um, diversify and be be more uh, ready to take on jobs, <clears throat> recording jingles or, or what have you. Um, so that's, I mean, that's a great thing if you, if you can do that and, and you have time and inclination, you know, so many people have their home studios now that can be a way to be ready. Someone needs guitar for their, a guitar track for their tune. You could record that out of your house, boom, send it to them. Mm -hmm. Uh, A lot of people that do things like that. Skype lessons, too. Oh, wow. People, I haven't done that much myself, but that is a way to to do it.
1: I'm glad you pointed out even just being able to um, switch genres, because I feel like some musicians get so wrapped up in their identity as, oh, I'm a blues musician or... I'm a rock and roll musician, strictly, only rock and roll. Because I feel like it's not talked about enough that versatility doesn't just mean different ways of making the money. It could just be different ways of playing the same instrument that you love to play.
0: Yeah, I think ultimately, say you're a rock guitar player. Well, if you can play jazz, I think ultimately you're going to end up being a better Rock guitar player, I think it all everything feeds on itself, and uh, and can make you more well-rounded. Mm. Um, likewise, if you're a jazz musician. If you can play classical music and you've t- taken the time to work on that, you know your intonation and your chops are going to be better. And a lot of the best jazz musicians. Took time to study classical, and also understand the harmony in classical music that can help you as a composer in any style. Um, I think that there's something to be said just for being well-rounded to know about these different different genres. And yeah, and you never know. You can be even if you're a rock musician, you're on a rock gig and. Someone wants a reggae. They want to hear a reggae tune. Okay, <laughs> can you play a reggae guitar or not? Yeah. yeah. If you can, then you know that's great. Can you can you sing and play at the same time? That's another valuable resource. If you're going to be a freelance musician, um, a drummer that can play and sing harmony is is going to get the gig oftentimes over someone who's just as good a drummer, but can't sing. So, um, yeah, versatility is important, I believe.
1: Yeah, I'm right there with you. I definitely have noticed that among even just the musicians who mentored me. So on that note, this might not be something that you've spent a lot of time thinking about, but because it was something that I got so hung up on for so many years. And I have a suspicion that many other musicians, maybe some older musicians are still thinking about this, but I think predominantly younger musicians coming up and trying to figure out, okay, what do I want to do with my life as a musician? What does making it look like to you?
0: Well, like I said, when I came out of college, it was a different time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was a lot easier for me to call myself a professional musician. I There were more gigs around, even though they didn't pay a lot. My expenses were, were so little that there I was doing it. He's, you know, fairly fairly easily. It just kind of happened for me. I mean, I, I was always hustling to try to, to try to make things happen. I learned that early on as a trombone player, you know, most, most bands don't have trombone, right? So Mm -hmm. I didn't want to be the guy just sitting by the phone waiting for it to ring. Um, so I think with, with, Everything good that's happened has started from me hustling for it and just getting out. I think that would be my advice, also. <clears throat> get out there and go get on the scene, see bands play. If you have someone who's your mentor um, or someone you look up to, go to their shows, try to you know eventually maybe you can get to sit in that's what i did i i would i would go and work my way in and and uh, sit in with 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 bands eventually they would start to call me for gigs so nothing happens just from from staying at home right you got to go out and do stuff i mean as far as what it looks like say you're making it as a musician and that's different for everybody i have students who do my ensembles they're doctors lawyers um they enjoy their day jobs um but they they really are into music and that's that's their main outlet other than work so I'd say they seem pretty happy to me.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and
0: so I would say they're making it in music. They're playing playing jazz and or whatever style they like. And um they're having fun with it. Maybe they don't have as much time to practice as they'd like. But some of them are now retired and dedicating a lot of time to to music. So I say that's that's making it too. It's I feel if you if you can feel like you're making progress and 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 your music is going in a in a direction to me that that's when I feel feel satisfied like as long as as long as I'm improving and things are going in the right direction and things are, things are good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, but I know it's not, it's, it's not that easy necessarily to, to, to find the time to play or, or maybe you got a really late start. You know, you didn't start playing music when you're a kid, maybe you picked it up now in your thirties and you're trying to learn how to play guitar. It can be very frustrating. You know, instruments are hard and you feel like you're behind. I think the the main thing is just perseverance. Um, I've had because I have had students that many adult students, they, they played in high school, maybe a little bit in college. And then they stopped and had day jobs and families. Stopped for maybe 30 years. Right. And now they're picking it back up, and they, you know, probably felt discouraged at first, like I can't really do this. This is hard. And, but many of them stuck with it, and, and now are sounding really good, and and very happy about it, having music as part of their lives. So I think there's all different levels of it, it's it's everyone's personal experience. I mean, everyone has to decide for themselves what that means. Making it, you know, thriving in music. Um, It depends on where you set the bar for yourself.
1: I'm glad you said that because I feel like it's so easy to get caught up in this idea of I mean, even just fame at its most basic level, if you're famous as a musician, then suddenly it's like, oh, I've made it. But it's so much more nuanced than that.
0: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I was in a band for a, for a while and you know, we thought we were going to get famous. <laughs> got wined and dined a little bit by some record labels and lawyers and... But you know, reality hit after a while. Uh, even the, the artists that become famous, um, that's not necessarily once you've got a hit, then, then you're set forever. Um, it's, it's inevitable that, that you, know, you could become not as popular unless you keep producing incredible music. So that's, you know, that's that's not not easy, (laughs) easy road either. But I mean, I I had given up on on the thought of being famous a long time ago, and that's not important to me. It's more, how do I feel personally? Do I feel fulfilled with what I'm doing? (laughs) So I think that that's the most important thing right there. If If people are chasing fame... And that was one of the frustrating things about being in the, in this band. It's you know, hustling, trying to get people to like you. It's that's tough. Um, you know, I've I've come to a point where it's well, I'm just going to be as good a musician as I can be, and do and uh, stay dedicated to what I like, what I want to play. And if you like it, you like it. If you don't like it, sorry. <laughs> I mean, that's, I'm not going to worry about that. Yeah. Um, so, but I mean, if you're trying to be in, a, in a, a band that's popular, that's a different story. You have to work the whole social media machine <laughs> mm-hmm. and, uh, and all that. That's not my field of expertise there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a big part of what turned me off from my original quote dream of being a musician. Yeah. Well, it's been such a pleasure to hear all of this. I'm so glad that you were able to bring that school together and help those musicians who, you know, some of them are making a little more money than they were before. Some of them are just playing their instrument more than they were before, but there's performances and music being heard in ways that there wasn't before in Arlington, Massachusetts.
0: (laughs) Well, thanks for picking me to to talk about this.
1: (laughs) It's really (laughs) flattering. I'm so glad that we got to talk. There is something that I've started exploring, partly because I had my own sort of internal crisis about it because when i stopped pursuing a full-time income off of music there was suddenly this sort of heart attack moment of oh shit am i a musician anymore am i a professional musician am i an amateur even though i've yeah. played and written songs for over 10 years and performed for almost that long so i'm just curious what other musicians sort of define a professional musician as, because I've started noticing there's a lot more nuance to that as well.
0: Yeah, that's an interesting question. Because you could say, I mean, if you want to get clinical about it, you say a professional musician is someone who who makes money playing music. I don't know if that necessarily means has to mean that they make all their money playing music, but that that's a tricky question because someone could make money playing music in a wedding band. Maybe they don't even like it; Mm -hmm. (laughs) they're just they're just punching the clock, and they. But then there's another person who's a super dedicated avant garde jazz musician, practices every free second they have. But during the day, they're a mailman, you know, and then they play performances where 10 people show up. Um, Are you going to say that person's not a professional? You know, they're a high level musician. So I've stopped trying to put labels (laughs) on people. I don't think it serves that much of a purpose, really. Yeah. Um, yeah, people can label themselves however they want, <laughs> and they will. So,
1: I can imagine it's quite liberating to not worry about the labels.
0: Yeah, I worried about it for a long time, and then I took really real pride in I'm a professional musician, you know, and and then I, I look at other, you know, I wasn't always happy I, with the gigs I was having to do and I would look at other people like oh well he has a day job but he's playing the music he likes am I actually any better or more professional than than them Mm. Um, not necessarily um other people look at look at that that label and it's like oh if you're professional it means you could play country and jazz and rock you know it's more of a all-around professional thing but that doesn't necessarily define it either Mm -hmm. so i wouldn't worry about that i tell anyone out there don't worry about that (laughs) You know, you have to worry about. It. There's, there's too many other things to worry about. That's for sure. Yeah.
1: Well, thank you for sharing that. I know it's a, a tricky thing to answer in like a quick little sound bite. Yeah. <laughs> so, do you have any of your own music online that listeners could find if they wanted to listen to it?
0: Yeah, I have a band called Tarbone co-led by my friend who plays guitar and I play trombone. So guitar bone, a, a recording. We do kind of New Orleans-type funk and original jazz. That's been a fun project. My band, Made in the Shade, which started in the 90s, is, is sort of a New Orleans-style jazz group we've put out four recordings uh, those those could be floating around out there and I, i've played a number of, of albums as sideman on trombone and bass with singer various singer songwriters um, so but nothing nothing really new just been concentrating on on getting my business cranking <laughs> and keeping it afloat, trying to stay organized.
1: Well, that's a worthy pursuit of its own. Yes. And if they <laughs> haven't heard it before, the music is still new to them.
0: <laughs> yep. Exactly.
1: Awesome. Well, thank you. Is your Morningside Studios website the best place for people to find you then if they want to learn more?
0: Sure. You can contact me through the website. Morningside music uh, my My personal website is DanFox.com That's easy
1: There are some musicians who come across as quite content with where their career has led them and I've started to notice that most of those musicians have one thing in common They don't focus on earning fame for the sake of it. Instead, it's about evaluating how they personally feel about the life they've built for themselves, and the role that music plays in that. Please check the show notes for links to find Dan Fox's music, social media, and all that fun stuff. One last thing before you go today. There are techniques, strategies, and routines that work best for different people, with that in mind, I encourage you to consider this. Personally, I resonate a lot with Dan's perspective on what it means to be a professional musician. There's an author named Stephen Pressfield who encourages artists and creators of all kinds to focus on consistently creating and releasing work they're proud of. So with that perspective in mind, focus on how liberating it is, not worrying about labels and instead focusing on doing what you can every day, every week, to be a professional and show up. Show up to create and show up to share it with the world, no matter how large or small your audience may be at this moment. The very act of doing this again and again is what defines the professionals.